welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. I'm Greg Roche. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about a webinar that I did this week as we're recording uh, on customer loyalty. Yeah, and the, um, the title, I mean, Understanding Customer Loyalty, Attitudes, Behaviour and Value, got me really thinking because I, I like the bit about it ends in value. Um, and the whole idea of sort of customer loyalty in some ways in the world we operate is the end point you're trying to get to, but it's that final bit of, well, why do you want customers loyal? And it's about value. Where, where, where did that sort of come in your thinking as you were creating the, the webinar? The way we understand business, I suppose, or the way we recommend the businesses sort of see the world and, and, and try and, and pursue a sustainable kind of profitable business model is, is through customer loyalty. So what we call a loyalty strategy. And in a nutshell, that's about finding the right kind of customers and keeping hold of them. And I guess the value bit is all about the, that right kind of customers. Who, who are the kind of customers who it's worth you know, spending a lot of time and care to get hold of and treating very well because they'll reward that by staying with you and being profitable in the long run. Uh, so I think the value is about finding those valuable customers who will reward you with loyalty. And what about value that isn't profit? Yeah, I mean, that, that was one of the things I talked about, actually. So we had a question before the webinar uh, from a lady who works in social housing, really about kind of, you know, the, the relevance of the idea of customer loyalty to that market where, you know, it, it's not particularly about making profit. And a lot of people in social housing would say, well, hang on, um, you know, loyalty doesn't really apply. People don't really have a choice and dot, dot, dot. And actually, I think there are, there are sort of three ways to, to think about that. So to some extent in social housing, well, actually people do have a choice because they could be in private rented and, and so on. So there's, there's sort of an element of competition is probably not quite the right word, but, but there, there is an element of that there. There's an argument around efficiency, which we'll probably talk about. So we believe that loyal customers are actually cheaper to serve over the long run and, and you know, explore that a little bit in the webinar. Yeah. But I think there is a really valid argument that loyal customers are worth more than their sort of pounds and pence profitability value. So, you know, they're valuable to the business. Yes, because they, they cost less to serve, but also because they, they make for a, a happier workforce. You know, it's, it's it, as a member of staff, it's much better to be creating a good experience for a happy customer than it is to be yeah. constantly dealing with complaints. So you know, loyal customers tend to, to build better relations and create a, a, you know, a happier environment for people to work. And I think the other thing is loyal customers. There's this idea that loyal customers are sort of relentlessly cheerful and positive. It doesn't work like that at all. Loyal no, customers no. will be the ones complaining to you because they want you to be better. But that doesn't mean you're not going to hear from them when things go wrong. You absolutely will hear from them when things go wrong. But it's in a, as a sort of a friend who wants you to be better rather yeah. than an enemy who's trying to hurt you. Uh, and yeah. I think that's that's probably something that resonates for a lot of people in social housing. Like the, the engaged customers or tenants they're not always going to be selling you good things, but they will be talking to you. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And probably links into your organisation is being successful. And many organisations aren't measured on pounds, shillings and pence, are, are they? There's many other um, um, value, value metrics uh, uh, as well. Perhaps one of the things that I really sort of thought about, if, if we've sort of gone from loyalty forward to creating value is is to go back that step because one of the things that dawned on me in an absolute excellent webinar was how few webinars and perhaps articles as there are actually on customer loyalty it's all very much at the 
uh, you know, at the door of customer satisfaction and of which, you know, and we would do lots of stuff on that. And you're thinking, well, actually, satisfaction is about loyalty, along with other things that you point out, you know, you know, in in the webinar that that, that, that drive um, loyalty, you know, whether it's brand, reputation, or all, all those other things. But it made me think everyone's focusing on the wrong thing, not the wrong thing, they're focusing on satisfaction as if that's the end point, where really it's about loyalty is where the values created what what's your sort of view on um on that yeah i think in many ways loyalty is that kind of bridge from the operational to the strategic uh, which is a drum that i keep banging at the moment i know but but like satisfaction tends to be very operationally focused if you want to do something yeah. about customer satisfaction you need to change you know the, the way a journey is designed or the, the way your people are treating customers at the front line dot dot it is yeah. operationally focused whereas loyalty is at that strategic level you know it's how do customers make decisions about who they can do business with or what they're going to recommend and all, all those things so i i think actually this correlates exactly with something I've, I've been complaining about recently which is you know back when i started work at tlf so in, in the sort of right at the end of the 90s into the early 2000s there was a lot of a lot of focus on that strategic end the service profit chain you know harvard business yeah. School really Custom focusing on, value was, on loyalty strategy it was very prominent and what's interesting is that you know all of the books that were published back then actually the latest books on the idea of customer loyalty like it, it isn't a topic that gets a lot of coverage and i, I think that reflects the, the the slide away from a strategic view of customer experience leading to customer loyalty to a much more operational focus on are we doing a good job for customers when in my view you absolutely need both I, I, absolutely as well i really liked your example as well of using share of spend or share of wallet as a definition of, of, of loyalty and, and you give various definitions a bit build up the definition in the webinar people staying or not defecting you, you know being, being perhaps the starting point but i did like your share of um spend example where you you know if you pop into tesco at lunchtime <laughs> are you you know a loyal customer to tesco well you do your big you know monthly shop at you know you know at, at, at Sainsbury's and I thought that was a really good way of explaining the difference between customers and habits and, and, and how you need more information to really define if someone is loyal from that point of view it's a shame in a way loyalty has almost become synonymous with retention or if you like not defection <laughs> going to the opposite yeah. direction um, and I think it's such a weak measure in some markets. In some markets, it's the great a great measure and kind of the only measure. But in in more kind of not competitive exactly, but in markets where where you're constantly making little decisions rather than occasionally making one big decision, um, like which supermarket do you go into? Retention is a very poor measure because we all probably go to nearly all supermarkets. That doesn't mean we're a loyal customer. It's just I'll, I'll nip in for a can of coke. That yeah. doesn't mean I'm a loyal customer. I might even nip in for a can of Coke and scan my, my loyalty card. <laughs> that doesn't make yeah. a loyalty a loyal customer. So we need to think about the right combination of behaviors to understand loyalty and how customers create value for the business in each specific market. Yeah, and I, and I thought it got me thinking a little bit about even defining at the beginning what's the loyalty we're looking at dependent on your sector whether it's social housing b2c b2b uh, and even thinking in the webinar you mentioned about things about you know switching barriers whether they're real or perceived and inertia and um things like that which i thought was really 
when you start thinking about the loyalty you're after, it actually makes thinking about the satisfaction easier because you then sort of know what you're trying to achieve. And we're trying to achieve happy customers, but happier customers to do what? And therefore, what do you want to measure at both those, you know, at both those stages? 100%. And I think, as you say, it makes an understanding of the operational is is much easier to think about once you've got that strategic picture that justifies it. You know, it's, of course, it's worth investing in this because this customer is going to be with us for 10 years if we get it right. You know, that is in very simple terms, the logic um, that customer lifetime value helps you to prove, if you like, that um, to take the Domino's pizza example, you know, a customer walking out the door is not an $8 pizza, they're a you know, 10 grand of pizza, future pizza sales or whatever it was. So yeah, it, that link between strategic and the operational is really, really important when it comes to sort of choosing what to do at the operational level. Yeah. Yeah, I still like that Domino Pizza example. And I think the bit I really like about it is how they turned it into, this is how you make staff think differently about serving that customer. You don't see the customer as an $8 customer. You see them as a $10,000 customer. And that makes you think in a different way, behave in a different way. And I think it's just a really simple example. Um, I mean, there's lots of different things on customer lifetime value. And, uh, and as you say, probably more prominent, you know, a couple of decades ago than now in, in, in some ways. And I do think one, perhaps one of the failings of, of getting the customer lifetime value message over was people are trying to work out an impossible figure, <laughs> which is never going to be right. But having done this a few times with some organizations, you don't need the exact figure. You just need really, you know, the you know, the back of an envelope calculation to suddenly realise it's an enormous figure and much more than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think, and that's a lot of it comes down to the to the organisation and its kind of culture and the decision makers in the organisation. So you can you can take the Domino's Pizza version, which you could probably do in five minutes now. So you know, what's what's your average customer spend? How long do they stay with you? Multiply those together, and you have an average customer lifetime value, and that's useful, as you say, just to make a point that actually customers are worth more than each individual transaction. Yeah. And then if you show that to the finance director, they're going to say, well, yeah, but that's nonsense because, you know, A, we're not looking at profit. B, we're not looking at, you know, the present value of future earnings and C, da, da, da. There's all sorts of issues with that. Yeah. We think that on balance, it's an underestimate of lifetime value because we believe that customers tend to become more profitable over time. Uh, we also believe that, it, that because it's average, it underestimates the value of your most loyal and happiest customers. So if you were to take a sort of not promoter approach, promoter customers you are usually worth a huge amount more in lifetime value than, than, than detractors. So it is sometimes you need to do a, a more deep dive into it and really uh, understand what the, what the value can be. And I think if you want to do that and Broadly speaking, we'd probably encourage you to try and do that if you've got the right kind of data. You can go to the nth degree and sort of discount for you know the, the present value of future earnings. And you know, yeah, the, the way we suggest approaching it actually is a sort of cohort approach. So you take a cohort of customers and look at their value through time, look at how it breaks down uh, based on different types of customer and based on you know, things like uh, NPS to break it into promoters versus detractors and so on, so that you can say, these are the type of customers that are really valuable for us. Let's find more of them. Uh, and I think that's the real key to a loyalty strategy is not working out the lifetime value of your current customers. 
because in a way that's backward looking. What you're always looking for is to identify who's going to be, who has the potential to have high lifetime value going forward into the future. That's what you really want to get to. Yeah, we should talk about butterflies and barnacles uh, at, at this moment, which is a point you make very well, but perhaps just to sort of, you know, recap for perhaps some people haven't listened, you know, are your customers the sort that are butterflies, very flighty, don't stay anywhere very long, you know, just go to the next promotion, or are they barnacles and limpets that take a lot of effort to find a home and a lot of things need to be right um, biologically for you know for where the barnacle chooses to live but when it's there it's there forever you know and um and 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 you created a new catchphrase Stephen, which sort of linked it you know you know you know into that and i knew you'd be chuffed with having a new catchphrase but it really did hit 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 the nail with me the don't chase profit chase profitable customers yeah i think i was quite pleased with that when i came up with it (laughs) i think what i like about it is that so much of business, I think it seems on the face of it sensible, but it's actually wrongheaded. And I think a lot of that is a down to chasing profits. So we get very focused on this quarter's profit, which is understandable if you're a public company. I always think this stuff is harder for you know publicly listed companies than it is for private companies. But yeah, we get very focused on the short term profit. We we get distracted by um, what Fred Rico calls bad profits. So things yeah. that make us money, but at the expense of customers. And we lose sight of good profits, um, which are essentially things that make us money that customers like. Um, So it's a win-win sort of situation. Where that can really, really hurt you, and something I referred to in the webinar is this idea of the the product profitability death spiral, which is a great concept from, from a book from years ago now. What that points out is that you don't make profit on products. So what if you do what sounds really sensible, so you look at your portfolio of products and say this one's profitable this one isn't profitable let's drop that product so that we can focus on the the profitable products the problem comes when actually some of your best loyal customers really like that product yeah and now you've got taken out of your range so i'm going to go to another supplier who's still offering that product and i'm going to get all my products from them so actually you lose my custom with the profitable for the profitable products as well as the non-profitable one. And if you extend that away from products and think about aspects of what, what it is you do. So for example, your contact center. I, as a customer, value being able to phone you up and talk to you when I want to. You, the finance director or whoever it is in the board is looking at us going, well, this is a cost to our business. Let's minimize that. And if the wait times get a bit bigger, it doesn't really matter. If we can, we can save a bit of headcount there, save us some cost off the bottom line. But effectively, what you're doing is exactly the same thing. You're pushing away customers who who want you know, the profitable customers want that. It in itself isn't generating profit, but those customers, because you're keeping hold of them, are generating profit. And if you look at you know the elements of your business or your product portfolio as being profitable in themselves, you're misunderstanding how business works. Uh, absolutely, and there's there's another one of your soapboxes, and it's completely right in terms of linking it also to that. What is the strategic vision? And making sure the operational stuff, i.e., do you want a business model that's having people talking on the phone, or do you just want it all self-serve chat box? And understanding how that fits into what what you're saying about you know chasing the profitable customers and defining the profitable customers. Um, I did some great work with um, an Irish bank um, quite a while ago who, who who took our catchphrase of doing best what matters most 
to and they put the to those who matter most and and it was business banking it was business banking but they really had a good handle on which customers they were trying to keep and which ones they were actively trying not to keep to the point they were saying there's no point surveying these because we want them to leave <laughs> and and it, and it shocked me a bit because you would go in that well every customer matters and then you realize no it doesn't at all <laughs> and they had this really good phrase and i won't do it because it was done in an irish accent but but the lady said um, she said greg only in the eyes of our lord are we all equal <laughs> and um i thought it was brilliant <laughs> well i thought so what to do with that but um yeah so and i think that you know that point of doing best what matters most to those who matter most that's absolutely what a customer loyalty strategy is it's figuring out who matters most figuring out what they want and make make sure you concentrate everything on giving those customers what they want and i always like to say um i've got an article actually coming out on this in the next customer insights strategy is sacrifice to, to quote david ogilvy and and when it comes to customers that means being really clear whose needs you're trying to serve and who's therefore implicitly you're not um, and i think that's a really important point is that you know to do a really good job for your target customers means not targeting some other customers and and that's brilliant like if you're clear on that i, I think that's a a very good route to, to sort of sustainable differentiation we do a really good job for these people yeah yeah i mean people talk, talk often about fit don't they and that's sort of what they're trying to um get, get at and i think to to sort of build on that point and and you ended the webinar on it which i thought you pulled together really well it is is having those different perspectives and pulling them all all all, all together or, or, or linking data together as you said of having your tactical survey are we satisfying people having your strategic survey are we going where we want to go and also then linking that with the internal data that the organization has about customer behavior and those three things together form your understanding of loyalty not two out of those three not one out of those three but you do need all three out of those three and i thought pulling the internal behavior one into it as well re re really made it a very strong a very strong point there Stephen. yeah i, I always feel that you know, we, we believe in the power of surveys, you know, that, that kind of measurement is really valuable. It gives you an insight into how customers are thinking that you can't get any other way. But but they really become powerful if you can link them to internal data. So about either what, what it is you do or about what customers do that makes you money. Yeah. And it's those kind of points of linkage between what the survey tells you about what's going on in customers' heads and what your data tells you about what that translates to in the real world. That's where the power comes from, where you can say in actual, real, measurable fact, these customers who said they were happier stayed with us for longer. Look, here's the database that proves it. Um, and that's much more compelling for people within the business. And it does let you start to do some sums about return on investment. We, 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 we'd link that to things like actionable in, insight as, as well. And I, I had that wonderful moment that you're describing in a, present, in a results presentation this week to a client where very high score, got into some of the segmentation, 
but some of the there's, there's one area where it's dropped and you can say hold on look it's dropped here and these are the reasons why it's dropped and i think you've described this before where sort of theorists meet doers and and when you come together at that moment and I, I and i can give the view of the customer and this is what customers are saying and straight away they said do you know what that makes perfect sense because of this that this that this that and the other and we can change those and you just and that's like sort of wow moment where the customer view has met the internal view they've got data on it and they can do something and you think wow no wonder this organization you know has such a high mps score people sort of hear the idea of linking data on oh, this must be very very complex and you know you need massive big data machine learning models and and that's all great if you've got it but actually it doesn't need to be that complex you know if you've got survey data about customers and you can either within your system or in some sort of you know, third system that you pull the data from both places together in, if you can just correlate that with later behavior, then you have the beginnings of that kind of understanding. And that that is not complicated analysis. It doesn't need to be complicated analysis, but it starts to let you show those those links. And it's it's so powerful. And it, it as you can probably tell, it frustrates me that there's not, not more of it happens, to be honest. It, I think there's a huge missed kind of opportunity there for a lot of organizations yeah so in terms of the webinar where can people see it um is it on demand it is available on demand now on the website yeah so i'll put a link in the show notes but yeah it's on tlfresearch.com yeah and um as i said before i thought it was really good and i thought very relevant to really anyone in any sector i thought it cuts across quite a lot of sectors and i think it really does it did a very good job with me of sort of saying okay loyalty hmm, what are we trying to achieve now let's step back and think about think about how how, how we get there yeah i think it'd be a, a really good a really good watch for anyone who's really interested in customer loyalty brilliant thanks for the recommendation greg uh, so yeah thank you all very much for listening uh, if you're using itunes please subscribe rate and review us and if you want to get in touch you can find us on twitter at tlf research or at tlfresearch.com have a good day everyone